All right. <clears throat> so, hear him. We've got a lot of ground to cover. <laughs> this is, like, probably one of the best talks ever, right? Um, so, I just want to kind of, like, pose and, and throw this out there. What was your favorite footnote from this talk that just really grabbed your attention as you were going through it this time? Or maybe even from, from the first time you read it, but... Uh, what was your, your favorite footnote to, to go in and, and study? Or, my question's wrong, like from any of the talks from from this general conference, but, um, you know, it can be specifically from Hear Him or, or any of them. I really liked N in Hear Him. Uh -huh. Specifically, um... To hearken is to listen with the intent to obey. I loved that. And I found it interesting that it's a scriptural word that occurs 40 sections in the Doctrine and Covenants. Tell us, what, what does 40 represent? Like, what, what does that mean <laughs> in Hebrew? I've got, I've got what I looked up a little bit, but I don't know if I was on a reputable site, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. So, like, what other things occur in 40s? It's usually with a time of wilderness journey or finding oneself, probation, like stuff like that. Fasting. Yeah, fasting. Yeah. Um, but uh, interestingly enough, like 40 often deals with the, the hearken principle. Like you go into the wilderness in order to, to fast and pray and uh, with the intent to obey. And, and so I think that that's a, a really interesting uh, tie in there. Like, why does he even include that sentence? He doesn't have to. He could have just, you know, ended with, um, it's a strong verb that means listen with the intent to obey. But um, but also, just FYI, it, it occurs in 40 sections of the Doctrine and Covenants. <laughs> I think that that's such an awesome insight from President Nelson. Agreed. Let's see, mine was footnote B, Doctrine and Covenants 121, uh, 27. Well, I mean, kind of the whole section of 121. But um, it's just really interesting uh, what's brought out there. Let's see, what verse does that come from? Oh, the, the whole Nephi thing. So in verse 5, it says, We live in the day that our forefathers have awaited with anxious expectation. So if we go to, like, DNC 121... Um, 27 actually I should pull this up on the screen so that we can actually all see it together just a second not prepared <laughs> alright 121 and I kind of like look anytime that there's a footnote I go to the verses before and the verses after it but I really focused on verses 25 through 32. I thought they were very interesting in this. Um, it says, For there is a time appointed for every man, according as his work shall be, God shall give unto you knowledge by his Holy Spirit, yea, by the unspeakable gift of the Holy Ghost that has not been revealed since the world was until now, which our forefathers have awaited with 
anxious expectation to be You're breaking up, Cameron. Lost you, Cameron. <laughs> Neil, what are you eating? <laughs> Sorry. Bunch of nuts. <laughs> your crunching brought your picture to the front. <laughs> Cameron got possessed again. <laughs> Ones are back. <laughs> You'll have to not share the screen, bud. It does that every time. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> you back? Oh, it's better. <laughs> I think they're gonna have to re-log back in. <laughs> it happened before and he fixed it. You can do it, Cameron. We have faith in you. <laughs> okay. I'll teach you how to breathe. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so I'm not going to share the screen. Where was I? 121. Anyway, footnote B is my favorite. How about y'all? <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Um, anyway, <laughs> if if anybody else wants to, to share their, their favorite footnote or whatever, feel free to jump in. If not, we can uh, kind of just tackle this thing from, from the get-go. But I, I just love to hear him. It, it really is kind of a, a catalyst, uh, a, a turning point for many saints, myself included, where uh, this was a, a moment that really kind of woke me up and was like, I need to do better about following promptings, about hearing him and, and all of that kind of stuff. I was one of the ones definitely that um, was like kind of questioning. I was like, wait, who are we supposed to hear exactly? Like, you know, I've always been like Holy Spirit, right? I mean, that's who, that's who, who we're listening to kind of thing. But like going back and listening to these words again was so clear. We're hearing the Savior, and um, and through that that process, um, we need to, to feast daily on His words, and it's never been more important to do so. Anyway, I, I just loved going back through this talk and kind of uh, going back through recommitting myself um, to that that principle of hearing Him. Um, so anyway. can I? Can I just ask you on, I really liked verse seven, but it intrigued me. Mm -hmm. Regardless of where you live or what your circumstances are, the Lord Jesus Christ is your savior. And God's prophet, Joseph Smith, is your prophet. Interesting that it's present tense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, he was foreordained before the foundation of the earth to be prophet of this last dispensation when nothing shall be withheld from the saints so then if we go to footnote 121 28 right after the one you liked a time to come in which nothing shall be withheld whether there be one god or many gods they shall be manifest yes so i'm not really getting that one god and then many gods lowercase gods hmm. 
Yeah, what do you all make of that? And why would we need to know that? Why is that teaser buried in, in section 121? <laughs> yeah, no. Well, let's, just, see. let's uh, go to footnote. What does that say? Well, Psalms 82.6 under God's lowercase says, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are the children of the Most High. So it's talking about us. I'm talking about us. We're the lowercase G. We're the lower G's. <laughs> yeah, we are. John 10, 34. Jesus answered them. Is it not written in your law? I said, ye are gods. And then 1 Corinthians 8, 5 through 6. For though there be that, for though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lords many. But to us, there is but one God, capital G the father of whom are all things and we in him and one lord jesus christ by whom all things and we by him so i guess it's talking about us the righteous right i guess so that's interesting but i'm still intrigued by this joseph is your prophet mm -hmm. spoken by the prophet yeah Exactly. As that dispensation head going back, you know, when uh, he had to close the temples in that, uh, I can't even remember if it was an interview or, or what my brain's fucking <laughs> up. Uh, he said, I, and I really had to ponder, like, what would Joseph Smith say and do and all that? You know, I'm paraphrasing awfully, but um, like, he's so focused on Joseph Smith and the restoration and, and all that that entails. I, I think it's very key that he's pointing that out here. We have one savior and one uh, dispensation head that we are looking to. Is that common? Do we have other dispensation heads with other prophets? Okay, so Abraham. Uh -huh, yeah. Okay, who were the other prophets? Adam, uh Enoch. -huh. No, no, not under Abraham. Oh, so like Isaac, Jacob. Is the question you ask? Noah. Yeah. So we have the who was another prophet under Noah during his dispensation? Like we had, you know, President Kimball, President, you know, Brigham Young. Now we have President Nelson, but the dispensation head is Joseph. Do we have other dispensations with? I guess um, Abraham was Isaac and Jacob. Yeah, we have quite a few during that one with Noah, um, you know, his righteous son, Shem, uh, that comes there. Um, it quickly went into apostasy. Um, I don't think other dispensations have as many prophets as we've had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess so that's like, kind of what I'm asking. Moses' dispensation has like tons. <laughs> There's so many prophets throughout the, the Mosaic one. At least that we know of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's sure. true. Okay. All yeah, right. And those 15. Um, let's see. There was something else from that footnote that was awesome that I was uh, looking to. Um, in verse 30 of 121, it talks about, and also if there are bounds set to the heavens or to the seas or to the dry land or the sun, moon, or stars, all the times of their revolutions, all the appointed days, months, and years, and all the days of their days, months and years, and all the glories, laws, set times, and revealed in the days of the dispensation of the fullness of times. Like, I mean, 
<laughs> sometimes we we look at like astronomy or, and everything and we're like eh, yeah it's up there but we don't pay attention to it but all of those things will be restored in in the last days i, I think that that's so interesting uh kind of coming right off the tail of if there be one god or many gods they shall be manifest mm -hmm. uh, so many intriguing things in 121 and how it applies here to to hear him um, but revelation continues to flow from the Lord during this ongoing process of restoration. We have so many things to look forward to, isn't it? Exciting. <laughs> so do you I love when he says it's only be just begun. It's like, oh, how could it just to be very begun? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So are those things going to be like announced during general conference or like, how are all of those different things going to be revealed to us, do you think? Probably a combination would be my guess, because mm -hmm. some people will be at levels where, um, like, you can't announce certain things to the general population. So mm -hmm. in my head, it seems like it'll be twofold. Yeah. Which I think that Nelson likes to surprise us and do it on his own. <laughs> well also we have just begun for people to walk away like the beginning of the really the the seven years of tribulation it's like a third of the saints are gone and and if if they're referring to actual us as saints or just saints you know believers in christ i don't know but i think we've just begun with the people that fall away so then as as we progress to the church of the firstborn. It's gonna, it obviously, it's gonna have to change a lot. So maybe that's what it's talking about. Mm -hmm. Do you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, there was when you said the the church of the firstborn. Was that in this talk, Mother? That I was like, holy cow, that's what he's referring. Yeah, to. yeah. But where? I'm not sure. Let me see if I can find out. But yeah, trying to piggyback off of, of what you're saying there, <laughs> my brain, <laughs> I wish it would work. You do amazing. But um, he talks about where two, it'll be revealed to two different groups of people, um, to the church of the lamb and also to the saints. And I thought that that was super interesting where he said that, where is it? So when they refer to saints, do you think they mean Latter-day Saints, or do you think it means in scriptures, like in the Bible, or do you think it means followers of Christ? Uh-huh, yeah, that's a very interesting question, because we know, you know, that that many uh, non-church members are going to yeah. be into the millennium thing or whatever, so I would... So I would think it means think, all believers, right? Yeah, all the believers, anyone who is sanctified, who is trying to be saintly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I can't find it. When it pops up, I'll <laughs> let you know. But but yeah, it was kind of going along that line, like defining out the, the two different ones. But yeah, what are other people's favorite parts in, in this, uh, this talk that really stood out to you? I really liked um, in verse 10, where it says the Book of Mormon Chronicles, the classic rise and fall of two major civilizations their history demonstrates how easy it is for a majority of the people to forget god reject warnings of the lord's prophets 
and seek power, popularity, and pleasures of the flesh. Repe repeatedly, past prophets have declared great and marvelous things unto the people, which they did not believe. And then he goes on to say, it's no different in our day. And I thought that was so interesting that, you know, he says, uh, most people do not embrace the things that are said across the pulpit. Um, so, you know, what is he really trying to tell us there? <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. we, we need to start listening and we need to start doing what we hear over the pulpit because we're, we are acting like the early civilization, civilizations that rejected all the warnings and didn't listen and didn't follow and stoned the prophets. So, you know, he's telling us that we need to get busy and listen and mm -hmm. follow what mm -hmm. we're being told to do. So yeah, I like to look at April 2020. I mean, what was said across the pulpit from, from everyone, right? I mean, boom, we had some amazing things. And here he's like, now start putting them into paying practice. attention <laughs> yeah exactly and then i love right after that on on 12 it says the adversary is clever for the millennia he has been, been making a good look evil and evil look good his messages tend to be loud bold and boastful mm -hmm. and that's one thing it's like when you listen to different people president nelson's always talking about hear him he's not listen to me he's saying hear him it's not boastful. He's not ever boasting. Or loud. And the, what? Or loud. No, he's never loud. Yeah. Or bold. Like, like, like you, you hear people like on social media and they're just boastful. Like I've, I've done this and I've done this. You should listen to me. I have this many companies and I've done this. <laughs> you, you know, that's boastful. And so I love that. And then 13, this was the part that I really liked was, um, However, messages from our Heavenly Father are strikingly different. He communicates simply, quietly, and with such sudden plainness that we cannot misunderstand him. And then I looked up I, and it was, I picked up plain, so the plainness, unto those who are filled with the spirit of prophecy. So it's plainness. It's to, for people that are filled with prophecy. Like they hear it and they they're they're filled with it i i think that's interesting how that's one of his footnotes mm -hmm. the the those who are filled with prophecy i mean in in earlier days i think if a woman said she was full of prophecy she would be maybe looked at strangely <laughs> and i think she still would be but he's they're kind of telling us to so i just think that's interesting so how have you seen that gift um in your guys's lives versus other people that are developing the gift of prophecy for their own realm, right? I mean, it's not prophecy for the church, but like the gift of prophecy. How does mm -hmm. that, that look, and and how do we how do we grow that in in our lives? Because that that that's such a, a key point to to all of this. That is the key. <laughs> yeah. Thing learn yeah. well and this, i think everybody in this group is full, filled with that prophecy because like everybody's had either dreams or feelings of get this ready or get that ready or you know so many of us have shared stuff so like i think i like me i'm hesitant to say i'm full of prophecy <laughs> that's like a new like kind of a scary word to even say mm -hmm. 
but um that's pretty much what that's saying and i mm -hmm. yeah exactly well i think really the only way that we can have that gift is to hear him i mean just what he's telling us that's that's really the only way is to be able to hear the spirit hear what the spirit is telling you a very interesting process when I was going through an addiction recovery program and um, uh, the, the mentor was like you all need to develop the gift of prophecy or else you're never going to beat the addiction and it was like what why are you saying this like that's so weird to, to even say but he's like when you're kneeling uh, in your prayers in the morning you can ask for the future to be told to you so that you know how to prepare and defend yourself and, and everything against the adversary. And it's like, it's such a real principle that I had never even considered before because we have the gift of prophecy for our own lives, right? And so uh, I've, I've really tried to put that into practice and stuff and, you know, more than just addiction, but like just prophesying for my day is, is instrumental in, uh, uh, tackling the the challenges of it and and being able to see uh where i need to to spend my my best time right um but uh especially with with the addiction or whatever like the lord wants you to to ask for it and it's willingly given yes he's going to attack you at, at this time at this place and in this way kind of a thing and then you're like okay so now i know how to prepare but if you never ask it's it's rarely just given to you and until you you put forth the the spiritual work required to do it like he says here um in verse 29 i renew my plea for for you to do whatever it takes to increase your spiritual capacity to receive personal revelation it takes work it takes effort but um so many times uh, it's just because we fail to ask for it as well mm -hmm. Um, I really love, I like all of us here have said in the past year, like how frustrating it is that like not all of our loved ones are on board with where we think we are. And like, we get frustrated because people aren't preparing or they don't even want to listen to it or whatever. And then you look at, at 15 or 16, he's well, 15. Um, now, my bro dear brothers and sisters, consider the fact that in these three instances just mentioned, just before the father introduced the son, the people involved were in the state of fear and to some degree desperation. And then it goes 16. It says the apostles were afraid when they saw Jesus Christ. And then the Nephites were afraid because they had been through destruction and darkness for several days. And then Joseph Smith was in the grips of the force of darkness just before the heavens opened. And our father knows that when we are surrounded by uncertainty and fear, what will help us the very most is to hear his son. But it gave examples of like, it's normal for people to be scared and not want to listen. This is totally normal. That's what it made me think. Mm -hmm. Which is kind of an interesting principle, right? Where we know that faith and fear cannot exist in the same place, right? And here we have apostles the, the Nephites mm -hmm. that went through everything and Joseph Smith, like these are three great examples, but yet there was still a fear of like utter destruction or demise or, or what have you. Mm -hmm. And yet the uh, God, the father himself comes and, and, and helps them through that state. 
of, of yeah this. i just i to me i just like like oh like that's how it's always been and that's how it's supposed to be like there's always going to be that group and that they're not necessarily wrong and we're, you know, we're trying to listen and that's, and there's always that element to all of those too. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah. So why does he bring that up in this talk? Like, that's what I was thinking. It's like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Cause I mean, he uh, takes what one, two, five paragraphs there yeah. to outline that that's some pretty precious conference time. And, um, and, and how he prefaces it in verse 15. Now, my dear brothers and sisters, consider like anytime any apostle <laughs> says those words, like it, it's, it's a time to kind of perk up because there there's meanings, there's, there's hidden meanings, there's lots of stuff coming. Right. And uh, these are, these are important verses. Anyway, what do you, what do you guys think of that? Why is that so important to have that information? Those examples of the, the fear before the father, mm -hmm. before the father comes. Maybe, maybe it's kind of like a hushing, like, you know, that, what, what was that I just heard recently about hush, hush thy fears? Was it a talk? Did we talk about that, hush thy fears? Anyway, maybe that's kind of a way of him hushing, like, this is, you know, these people were scared before, don't be scared, and then because the very bottom said, our father knows when we are surrounded by uncertainty and fear, what will help us the very most is to hear his son. He's like, don't be scared. Like, just hear mm -hmm. his son. Like, don't you think? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Always pointing to the Savior. I would think that maybe we've got fear coming down the road here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Need to be uh, prepared to listen and, and hear him. Yeah. And I think it's interesting in all three of these examples, when they are presented with kind of the antidote to fear, right? I mean, they they uh, either get to, to see deity or hear him in different ways that um, that they don't turn back from that. You know, like once we receive revelation, once we receive great manifestations that we, we don't start wavering and like, did that really happen? I don't know. Kind of thing but i mean these ones were all very stalwart examples of like uh, dispelled it put it off and uh always focused on the sun but yeah I, I think we have a lot of fear coming <laughs> well in verse 18 with joseph smith i mean the other two they were just afraid when they saw christ encircled by a cloud the nephites were afraid because they'd been through destruction but now joseph was gripped in the force of darkness and it just makes you wonder yeah. yeah, good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have like listed out to the side which kind of fears they are. So the the apostle ones, there's a fear of the glory, you know, like, uh, can we even be in that glory and not get consumed kind of thing? The Nephites, there's a tribulation fear and then the actual adversarial fear that comes into play in, in 18. Nice. Nice catch. What did you say the last fear was? The darkness or death or death or what? Adversarial. Adversarial. Okay. Is what I put down, but I mean you can put anything there like darkness, fear, evil spirits. It's interesting um 
as we're kind of bouncing around to different talks and stuff, um, in let's see, where's my notes? Chapter 42, verse 20. So it's on page 112. But anyway, when he's referring to COVID, he brings in this point in verse 20 that the Savior himself declared that certain things, evil spirits, go not out but by prayer and fasting. And ladies and gentlemen, we're going to perform another fast. And I, anyway, I think it's kind of interesting how he's not, I mean, he's not putting it out there as far as like, guys, pay attention to evil spirits in all of these talks, but that, that he's bringing them out uh, in, in different ways, you know, with, with nuances to kind of shield people if they don't want to listen to it, I guess. But um, anyway, I, I thought that was very interesting kind of tie in there, uh, both to Joseph Smith and to um, that, that whole experience uh, and the footnotes that surround that, that other one talking about fasting and, and how to get rid of evil spirits is, is a very interesting uh, kind of a study and putting that in context of what President Nelson is, is going for here. Isn't it amazing how much fasting has come into our subjects lately? So like more much. than I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, you hear about fasting, you know, once a month. I mean, it's kind of a thing or whatever, but no. I, and various types of fasting. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's coming at us in, in lots of different ways. It, it's very interesting. I was thinking the other day about in the Book of Mormon when it says they met together to fast and to pray oft. Mm -hmm. yeah. I was like, we don't really do that. I just... I don't think they met together once a week. I think that's not often, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, and it just, I don't know. I was just pondering about that. That's fasting. kind of a cool principle. Yeah. Fasting once a day isn't, I mean, once a month isn't fasting often. Like how often did they meet together? How often did they fast? Did they fast once a week and then get together more often? Mm-hmm. Well, and it says here in 19, they've, uh, many others fasted and preached of fasting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, the footnote in, in that same talk, uh, it's footnote A on page 113. That is uh, the, the quote that you're uh, quoting there is Alma 17. And that whole chapter about where they met together often and fasted oft. It's a very interesting chapter to read in context of that that talk and this hear him talk. Hmm. That's so cool. So many fun things in here <laughs> so i just was looking at um verse 20 mm -hmm. back to our hear him talk when we seek to hear truly hear his son we will be guided to know what to do in any circumstance so truly hear like what is that but then he kind of goes on i mean he talks about hear hearken and heed but then he goes on in 22, our efforts to hear him need to be ever more intentional. So intentional, conscious, and consistent. 
to fill our daily lives with his words, his teachings, and his truths. That's kind of the recipe, right? Yeah. To verse 20. That's really good. The conscious and consistent is really good. Intentional, yeah. conscience, conscious and consistent. Uh-huh. Like I know with me, like I pray about it and I want to like I want to know right now. I don't want to keep waiting. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's one of my biggest struggles is like the mm -hmm. consistency, obviously. <laughs> but like uh, um conscious, like making sure that it's the first thing that my my eye is single to his glory rather than just an afterthought or a space filler kind of a thing. Like, yeah, read my scriptures daily, do this kind of thing. But having conscious, consistent effort, I think those are two powerhouse uh, words there to, to keep in mind. Because then he goes on to say, we simply cannot rely upon information we bump into. He <laughs> specifically talks about social media, but there's lots of places we bump into information, right? Yeah. You know, I'm seeing a lot of, of applications in my life with this. The Lord asked me to um, fast from social media recently. And um, it was really interesting experiment to do that because I realized that, that when I was receiving the word from Satan instead of the word from the Lord, I don't know how to to describe that but but it's like the knowledge that really comes from him is what fills us up and anyway so he told me to do that right before a big kind of fear crisis a crisis came and a lot of fear with one of my children and so he was preparing me to like let go of that and just hear me you know and so mm -hmm. but as i daily and consistently hear him and and have that gift of prophecy every day for what to do for my child when when things aren't going exactly like the medical world says it should or you know anyway and so he's showing me what to do and giving me peace so like I'm seeing all this application but it's interesting because like at some points I get really fearful but then the Lord will will answer me with like even like hearing like there's going to be a, a big mess like you're going to have a big big breakthrough or a messenger is going to come and you're going to receive something like like that it's it's like hold on you know what i mean so it's so Im important that that we receive his word every day mm -hmm. yeah I, it's such an important principle and you know it, most of the time i'm i'm fairly casual about my observance of it kind of thing i think it's so important to to do that how many times has he asked us or warned us or whatever about social media and <laughs> like sometimes it's it's a time waster sometimes it's just like uh, you know just the the wrong kinds of information and not uh going directly to the lord for that kind of stuff i love that example there of um when when we are putting into practice verse 24 there feasting on the words of christ daily not just periodically or whatever but daily that we can actually receive those uh like you were saying And that verse, mm -hmm. that verse is almost like he's giving us what we need to know because we're getting ready to face it. It's mm -hmm. that's almost a prophecy in itself. I mean, the yeah. words are true. We've grown up with those words, but it's almost like I'm telling you, yeah. 
this is what you're going to need in the days of increasing upheaval, increasing upheaval, right? Yeah. 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 And like both verse 20 and 24 there, uh, be guided to know what to do in any circumstance or mm -hmm. in 24, um, respond to the difficulties we never thought we would face. Like yeah. what are the things that you never thought you would face in your lifetime? And are we going? We don't to know. <laughs> like I don't even think we can imagine. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like exactly. With the restoration of all things, there has to be equal and opposite, right? I mean, there's mm -hmm. things that we can't even imagine. I mean, we can do our best with timelines and and all of the different signs of the times, right? Uh, we we know some pretty scary stuff that's coming down the pike, but um, verse 24 is so reassuring. It tells us how to respond to difficulties we never thought we would face. I've been thinking about, oh, the Book of Mormon, the Nephites, their stratagems, things like that. That just keeps coming to my mind lately. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But it's so it's interesting to read this here that the scriptures will teach us how to respond to difficulties. It's not just the stratagems, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of other lessons in there. Like Nephi frankly forgave. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of other things in there too. We learn that unless the Lord directs us, we should never be the offender. We should always be the defender, right? In, in war. But I think that isn't just in war. I think we can apply that to our entire life to never be the offender, just be the defender. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Anyways, well, I think lessons. I think it also teaches us too, that, um, you know, like it says in, um, 23, all of this information that is, we're being bombarded with and, you know, what does, what does, okay, just take Nephi for an example. What does he do when, when he has all this information about his father's uh, vision that's bombarding him that he doesn't know what to do with? Well, he goes to the Lord and asks the Lord and gets, um, you know, gets information from the Lord and gets taught by the Lord of what that really means. And, yeah. and so I think that that, is a good example for us too. What we should be doing is is seeking the Lord and seeking to be taught by Him, with all of this information in the world that's bombarding. Because sometimes it's hard to know what is right and what is wrong and what is good and what is bad. Um, so I, it's just another testament that we need to hear Him. We need to go to the Lord and ask Him, because mm -hmm. He'll tell us. And anytime that we receive a good gift or a, a spiritual blessing, right, we get opportunities to use it, to practice it and try it out, right? And so that, that gift of prophecy, the, the gift of um, all of that, that that you were just talking about there, like I'm, that's a lot of what <laughs> I see in retrospect comes out of 2020, right? I mean being faced with kind of opposite things and so many different uh, opinions and, and tumult of, of things that we really had to rely on it. Uh, we're being given a gift, but also the opportunity to, uh, to work with it and, and learn how it works. 
kind of a thing. You know, that happened for lots of people in different ways. Mm -hmm. I just want my own Leahona. Do you think we could all get our own Leahona? <laughs> yes, please. Sounding yes. <laughs> I'll be righteous if I can just see what the answer is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yep. In verse 25, it's interesting. He goes on to talk about that we can hear him in the temple, but then just go down just a little bit. Very interesting that there, okay, especially in light of what you were saying, um, Cameron, about the evil spirits, he says, there we learn how to rebuke the adversary and draw upon the Lord's priesthood power. Yeah. Um, so I interesting found... that he specifically brings that up among other things, but yeah. that one is interesting. Cause we learned a lot of stuff in the temple, but it's interesting the list that he provides here. Mm -hmm, it uh, is. It, there the Lord teaches in his own way, mm -hmm. teaches about the savior. There we learn how to part the veil and communicate more clearly with heaven. No, like, take that and apply it to non-awake people, right? Like, how are you interpreting that? There we learn how to part the veil, not just after this life is over and when we get into heaven. No, like, think about it in what it, he's actually getting here. We learn how to part the veil and communicate more clearly with heaven. That means so much more to me now than it, you know, used to. And I think that that's just huge. There we learn how to rebuke the adversary. I don't know how many other people have talked about that outside of the temple over the pulpit. Like that, that was a pretty clear um, uh, thing there. And then draw upon the Lord's priesthood power to strengthen us and those we love. I think that that's probably one of the more ambiguous ones or the ones that, that people just really don't get. I mean, I like, I didn't get it for a long time how to do that, but there we learn because it's in the same sentence so it's tied to the rebuking which is interesting there right and i i think cameron that we need to be able to be do it just on a drop of a hat we're not gonna have to like okay now how do i do this like i think it needs to be practiced enough yeah. that when we see it we can just do it and not be like scared to do it or like afraid or like confused or like because there's gonna be so many people that don't know how yeah. that when we run into it we just need to be able to put our arm to the square and just do it and not be scared and just like this is how it goes you know just not be scared i i really feel strongly about that and say well it worked for them i wonder if it'll work for me right mm -hmm. well and have faith that it will mm -hmm, that's what i'm saying just like if you haven't used it or you're not familiar with it you're not going to have the faith you can do it but will you have the faith that you need behind it and will you be able to think straight enough, like in the moment to be able to think, okay, now how does it go? Now, what do I say? Like, <laughs> like, I think it needs to be practiced. Yeah. And, and not gift, have fear be too. given opportunities to, <laughs> to practice. Right. Yeah. That fear. It makes me think of, have you guys seen the episode of the chosen where that guy who's possessed comes into camp and the saviors come yeah. back with, with his cousin, John. I love that because he he isn't afraid like Cindy was saying like that fear is not there he just you know leave him you know yeah. and they don't they don't have uh that part of the truth that we have but I mean it it's shown beautifully like how we can just do it and we don't need to be afraid which for some of us is easier said than done yeah that's a perfect example 
Well, and I also love in the temple when Heavenly Father dismisses him from the garden. It mm-hmm. always intrigued me how calm and loving it was done. Mm-hmm. It wasn't fearful. It wasn't, um, you know, agitated or anything. It's just calm and loving and peaceful. You know, when, when I think of adversarial um, influence and adversarial spirits, I try and think about that many of them were our brothers and sisters before we came to this earth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if we had a brother or sister that chose some things that, you know, made choices that, that took them down a wrong path, would we not love them still? You know, we would. And so I try and remember that. And I think it, that's what helps me not to be afraid and to have more love because that's really what the, the adversary thrives on is fear. I mean, if we're afraid, that's, what he wants is us to be afraid. If we're not afraid and we have love in our heart, then, you know, it's going to be easier for us to remove the adversary from our lives. So right, anyway, that's what I do. <laughs> and that, that reminds me that in the scriptures, it says several times um, about devils dwelling in the hearts of the children of men. And um and so when I, I think of similar things of loving, loving those that are attacking us and, and bearing our burdens, because um, sometimes the Lord has, has not given me permission to do so, to, to totally cast them out. So times he says, now it's time, you know, but there's a, sometimes there's a period of time where I'm just preaching to them. And I know that sounds weird, but, and loving them and, and hopefully they, they take the, the chance, you know, but, um, and I love where it says in here, where it says there, we learn how to part the veil. And for, for me, I think a lot of that is learning how to rend the, the veil of unbelief in my own heart. Um, and to, to be able to have a broken heart so that I can communicate with him, you know, through my heart and my mind. Um, cause a lot of times for me, I've, I've just kind of closed off and didn't want to feel, you know, all of that. Um, and so anyway, so I, the Lord, the Lord's in us, we're a temple, but we also, we have to rend that veil for in us, you know, and cast out those devils in our hearts so that we can see clearly to help other people. Yeah, because I like uh, the way that it it draws that in there. Uh, There we learn how to rebuke the adversary and draw upon the Lord's priesthood power. So, like, you can cast out, but you have to fill it with something good, right? And and draw upon the the Lord's priesthood power to strengthen us and those we love. That um, I think it's kind of an important dichotomy that um, we're, we're doing... The whole thing is about experiencing the good and the bad, right? And uh, drawing the Lord's priesthood power uh, to to strengthen after an attack, because you know adversarial is is often in uh, well <laughs> more often than not uh, an attack, right? And so to to strengthen us and to 
um, how it says how eager each of us should be to seek refuge there. I love that because, you know, I mean, we know from the principle that nature abhors a, a vacuum, you know, and so you get rid of the adversarial um, influence or that the adversarial spirits and what do you need to do? You have to replace it with, just like you said, with something good. I, I didn't catch that before. So I love that. I love how you said that, that it's really important for us to use the priesthood to strengthen ourselves after we've cast out the evil influences so i love that thank you yeah and it's interesting that pattern how is that specific principle shown in the temple film because i mean we learn how to rebuke the adversary but then after that what is the part that that draws that priesthood power in and and how do we learn how to apply that in our lives it's such a, a fun one to to study love that. <clears throat> so um in 25, we were talking about there we learn how to part the veil and communicate. Then he could footnote the next verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where at the end, he says, ask the Lord to teach you how to open the heavens to bless your life. But first, it's take time to ponder what you hear and feel when you're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an amazing, <laughs> this is such an amazing talk. I love it. Yeah, because he says uh, to open the heavens to bless you, your life and the lives of those you love and serve up above, it says draw upon the Lord's priesthood power to strengthen us and those we love. It's like, it's, yeah, it's like almost the same thing, but he's now telling you how to do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So fun. And then the promise in verse 27, that as you increase your time in the temple and family history work, you will increase and improve upon, uh, improve your ability to hear him. I mean, what a great promise. Yeah. Um, man, time just like runs out so quick in this group, dang it. Um, Cool. So, I mean, we've got like the whole restoration proclamation and the whole uh, Hosanna shout and everything like what you got. <laughs> there's there's so much to talk about and not enough time. But um, I, I find it very interesting. The bottom of 35 where it says that, you know, they were deciding if they wanted to erect a monument or, or whatever, but that they decided that it was going to be a monument of words words of solemn and sacrum proclamation written not to be carved in the tables of stone but rather to be etched in the fleshy tables of our hearts like when else do we have that similar phrasing and, and things and i mean I, it was just kind of like a, a reflection for me i was like whoa i mean like i i listened to the restoration proclamation and i was like kind of the same experience that many of us have with like the family proclamation right like you hear it and you're like, well, yeah, that's pretty obvious stuff. But here, verse 35, the Lord was like, but Cameron, did you etch it into the fleshy tables of your heart? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> Whoops, I need to go repent because I did not do that. And so it was kind of like a new commitment to to get this thing memorized, to, to have it etched upon my heart rather than just going, 
yeah, that that's great and good, and it'll probably be super um, prophetic and necessary, much like the family proclamation was, you know, uh, after the fact. Um, but I mean, looking at it, it it's an amazing proclamation with some some very heavy promises and and things toward the end there that, that he gets into. But anyway, just kind of throw. You were in meeting. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. What meeting were you in? Um, but anyway, anything on the proclamation itself or the hear him? <laughs> I'm not trying to rush us, but you know we're, we're at the hour mark, and so just kind of transitioning a little bit over into those two things so that we don't just pass them by. I think we need a whole night to discuss the proclamation. Maybe we should. Because, yeah, it, there's there's so much in there, and I don't want to rush it. But I, I don't want to, like, delay all of our other classes either. And so, I know. So, like, what if after all of the President Nelson is done, maybe we uh, tack on one additional week at the mm -hmm. end, and we just study the Restoration Proclamation? Yeah, I don't think you can do it justice in just <laughs> yeah, stuck it, in with another talk. I like that idea. That's, That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's what we'll do. And we'll have like all of our groups kind of in on that as well so that we can really tackle that and give it its due uh, desserts there because, man, it's so important. I do want to throw out this question, though. With Hear Him and the Hosanna Shout and everything, what, what was the purpose of the Hosanna Shout? I mean, because there, there's a variety of different answers that I've I've heard and everything, um, and you you all probably have, have seen my like deep study on the Hosanna shout and the Hezekiah story and everything. But like, what what was the purpose behind the Hosanna shout for you guys? Like, why was that transformational? I remember at the time I'm like, we are doing something very important here. This never gets done other than like temple dedications and stuff like. I knew it was important, but I didn't get it at the time until I woke up and, like, anyway, just throwing that out there. Like, why? What, what were we doing in April 2020 that we needed this Hosanna shout? I haven't really shared this. I shared it with my husband, but only a few months ago. Um, but as we were doing the Hosanna shout, I heard a message just for me that was very powerful. And I remember stopping and I, it was just me and my husband here. And I just kind of looked at him and he's just going on. And I'm like, okay, really? Was that, was that just for me? Like he doesn't feel anything. And I would say maybe a year later, I, mean, I don't know, maybe a few months later, I asked him, How, was there, did you notice anything in the Hosanna shot? Like, did you feel anything? And he goes, it was good. And I was like, okay. So it was just a powerful message that obviously I needed to hear, but it was just a few words, but um, yeah. Yeah. So fun to like hear everybody's like experiences in the moment, you know? <laughs> Because I don't think we like knew each other back then, right? I mean, no. was I a part of Moss's group at that point? I can't remember. It's all <laughs> muddled together. But I like, didn't. I didn't have any experiences like he was describing, which I'm assuming they were his, but I don't know. Mm -hmm. But like I said, it was just a few words, 
And I, I even like when I stopped and looked around, I'm like, oh, I better get going or I'm going to miss out the whole Hosanna shout <laughs> because yeah, it was, it was kind of cool. Well, it was really cool. I love that. I know for me, it wasn't, I didn't get words or anything, but it was so emotional. I had tears just streaming down my cheeks and it, it was just so emotional and intense and you could just even in your even in my home you know I could just feel the spirit so strongly and I knew it was something really important but like you I, I didn't really put my finger on what it was but but it was such a an intense spiritual experience to have that to do that in in my home so I loved it so much <laughs> Well, I think we didn't really have time to really digest it because it was like, just bring your hanky tomorrow. We're going to do this. But yeah. I came with me, Cindy, like I knew at the moment it was big, like something really big is happening. I didn't really understand it, but I definitely like you felt it. So. And it also, I don't, in a way, did it kind of feel like your home was the temple? Yeah, I felt like we were signifying really? our like I was at home though I was at my mom and dad's house and I was wishing at the time I was like I wish I was home at my house but it was almost like you were dedicating your home mm -hmm. as a temple oh I love that I love that imagery yeah totally because mm -hmm. that's where we do it I mean I know we've done it before we did it at the dedication of the conference center but this time there was no dedication right this one was just we're gonna do this and it just felt like I don't know. It just felt like we were dedicated. There wasn't a special family. reason because like, I can't remember back two years ago. Well, it was the 200th anniversary of the, um, is that what it was of the first vision? And that's why he did the proclamation. Yeah. Um, so it was that, but it just felt like more than that. It felt like, you know, we weren't dedicating the conference center. We weren't, you know, dedicating most, a temple. Yeah, yeah, but most mm -hmm. often do it in the temple. So it just kind of felt like we were dedicating our homes as temples. And maybe we were being dedicated. Like maybe we were being sanctified, the ones that were there and participating. And I don't know. Yeah, as I, I went back and watched it, like I've had the same exact feelings that I felt at the time or whatever when I rewatched it. So it's it's kind of an interesting one to... Is it on the video? Mm-hmm, Yeah. And it you is. can go back and watch it and stuff. And I I would say that, uh, you know, like in your case, Kathy, you're like, oh, I wish I was home doing this. Like, maybe go back and watch it. Yeah, so cool. I didn't know it was on there. Mm -hmm. I happened to read a book today. Just pick it up and open it. Sorry, Garlene, at random. Okay. <laughs> and it just had the Hosanna shout in it. And it okay. has to do with the Jewish holidays. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I'd never read this before. But she's talking about how there's seven Jewish holidays and there's also seven days of creation. And so she was saying the Hosanna shout among the Sukkot rituals, which is one of the holidays, the Jewish holidays at the temple was the waving of the palm branches and the recitation of Psalms 118.25. Save now, I beseech thee, O Lord, O Lord, I beseech thee, send now prosperity. The priests marched around the altar in similitude of the triumphal entry of the Lord into Jerusalem when his followers waved palm branches and laid them at his feet. 
So she's saying it's a fulfillment of prophecy. Um, this is the chant, Hosanna, O save us, is the Hosanna shout performed at the dedication of our own Latter-day temples and a welcome for the Son of God, he who saves us. The great Hosanna shout performed at the Sukkot includes seven circuits around the altar and said to represent the seven worthies, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, Abraham, Phineas, and David. Here is the number of seven again, the number representing perfection and wholeness. This is the seventh of the seven ordained command festivals. Remember on this day, there were seven days of creation and seven lambs set aside by Abraham in covenant with Ablikim of Beersheba, Jacob's seven years of famine and seven day festival established by Moses. So I know I just found it really interesting. I'm not sure I understand it any better, but... <laughs> But yeah, that save now principle is so huge. Like Elder Gong's talk, uh, the Hosanna versus uh, Hallelujah uh, was really eye-opening. And um, the, the Hosanna where it's like save now. And so, uh, yes, there's there's the whole temple imagery and everything too. But um, as we're, we're in the midst of COVID and, and fear is kind of ravaging around us kind of a thing, and we're literally waving our hands to heaven saying, save now. Like, I, that was so impactful when uh, kind of putting some of those pieces together and with the, the Jewish festivals and, and things. Um, yeah, and I think the Sukkot is the, one of the last festivals of the year. Uh -huh. So I'm like, it's just another thing to tell us that we're in the last kind of the last days because it's the last, you know, when Christ came, they did it. But it gave me the image that maybe this is for his second come, you know, for his second coming that we're waving it to, to um, usher in the last part of the last days. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I didn't quite understand. She just, it's a really short section in the book and she didn't elaborate on it, but I just happened to dig it out, and look something and I flipped through it and saw that and thought, oh, we're going to talk about that. Uh -huh. I thought, hmm, so I don't know. Talking there, uh, I don't know why, but this was like popping in my head like crazy when you were saying that. But um, in the garden, in the temple film, right? I mean, we have uh, Adam and Eve, who they were promised that that God and Christ would return. Um, but then um, when they, they needed saving from, from their own sins, from uh, everything that, uh, the fall and, and all that. And... Uh, I, I hear their voices. They are coming. Hear, hear him, just coming off of that and, and the save now Hosanna principle and everything. It was just like, I think that there's a lot more in the, the Adam and Eve story in conjunction with the, uh, the Sukkot festival and the tabernacles and everything there for the last times. Like, uh, if you hear him, they are coming kind of thing. Uh, is an interesting mm -hmm. principle. Interesting. <laughs> Also, as you go through and look at this talk he gave of Hear Him, he really, like, he really keeps bringing this home. In 29, I renew my plea for you to do whatever it takes to increase your spiritual capacity. Doing so will help you know how to move ahead with your life, what to do during times of crisis, and how to discern and avoid the temptations and the deceptions of the adversary. He just keeps foreshadowing. Mm-hmm difficult times through this whole talk and then we do the hosanna shout that says god saves yeah 
or save us, right? Yeah, save now. Or save now, yeah. So that's interesting, but that was really quite the theme of the talk was that we need saving, we need help. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. There's, there's us pleading with our voice to him and, he, and also hearing his voice to us is that, that um, meeting together, you know, the square within the circle and the, anyway, the symbolism within the temple and just meeting, coming back to um, the Garden of Eden, you know, there's that, that, that meeting. And so I, when I'm taking all these principles that you guys are saying, you know, the dedication of our homes but on, mm -hmm. of ourselves and of our hearts to him, you know, our, during COVID, during these times, our hearts were breaking. They were breaking all over the earth. Hearts mm -hmm. were open. They were breaking. We had people praying with us at this time. There was a lot of, a big fast going on all over the world, not just, you know, our, or maybe that was after conference, huh? The good Friday, but you know, it's just, it was really, it was a really singular time you know when we're we're meeting the lord as he's coming you know and dedicating ourselves unto him to hear him and and pleading that that he saves us mm -hmm. and if i remember correctly didn't the next conference he said that this conference where we had the hosanna shout was one of the most watched like it was the highest watched conference really yeah which is interesting like I don't know. I just thought yeah. that more hearts were people who would kind of become astray from the church, distant. We're like, you know, I really need help. I better watch this. I don't know, but maybe people in the church just took it as a time off. And usually, and now they were like, oh, maybe we better really, I don't know. I don't know why. Because yeah, everyone was kind of stranded in their homes. I mean, mm -hmm. inside the church and outside the church and stuff. And I remember the the church put together a huge media campaign to, mm -hmm. to advertise conference that time. I mean, not Amazon, but. yeah, and insight is always different. Like, I think we're going to look back in a couple of years and go, Oh, no wonder. We're like, Oh, that makes so much sense. Because at the moment we're like, this is really neat, but we don't, we couldn't really even take in what it was. I like, I think so many of us had adrenaline fatigue and like, so like, there's just so much because it would change every day. Every rule would change every day. You didn't know where you could go and nobody knew what's going on. And, but I think, later, yeah. And I think later we're going to go, Oh, that, we, we were being sanctified or like, like all the things were, I think we're assuming more. We'll see it more. We'll understand more. Mm -hmm. So just kind of looking at the words of the Hosanna shout uh, there on page 120. But like if we are replacing Hosanna with its its transliteration or whatever, save now. So save now, save now, save now to God and the Lamb. And we repeat that. And then amen, so let it be done. Or uh, like anyway, that's kind of an interesting one because I've always kind of I mean, like, I know the words to it, but, like, I've still only applied it to the Savior. Like, save now, Savior. Like, come save us. But here it's to God and the Lamb, which is an interesting thing that I've never even thought about before. But, um, anyway. Is it just I'm, recognizing that that's who saves us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, posting a link in the chat. If you haven't uh, seen my study or whatever, you can go in and, and look at it. But anyway, when I was first introduced to the, like, the Hezekiah story uh, this last year, oh man, did it resonate with my soul. Everything just like shook. <laughs> I don't know. And, and it might not for you, whatever. I'm just throwing it out there. If you want to deep dive into the Hezekiah story and mirror it with President Nelson in the April 2020 conference, to me, it's an exact match. But, uh, it, you know, it's open for interpretation. Maybe that's just one thing that the Lord needed to, to drill into my head kind of a thing. But anyway, so I take Hezekiah's life and uh, take a harmony of it between 2 Kings, 2 Chronicles, and Isaiah and, and go through it kind of with some, some rough commentary. Like, you don't have to read all of the, the little side notes there. But um, going through it, and then uh, when you scroll down is when I kind of take everything that we learned from the Hezekiah story and then start applying it to President Nelson. Um, anyway, I think it's very powerful with the Hosanna shout, and it helped explain a lot of stuff to me. Um but anyway, that's just something that, that if you're interested in my weird way of thinking and, and the deep dive that I did on that, um, there you go. But um, it really helped me to gain a new perspective on April 2020 and what President Nelson may have been helping us with. Um, let's see. Yeah, I really love Elle's quote there from, from Julie B. Beck in the chat. The ability to qualify for, receive, and act on personal revelation is the single most important skill that can be acquired in this life. I really love Julie B. Beck. She's like one of my favorite ones that I, I go back and quote all the time. Um, that one I kind of had memorized from a couple of years ago. It just really impressed me. And then when President Nelson's talk came out, you know, I was like, okay, they're both saying this and it's so important. Mm -hmm. So I think especially in the last days, I mean, that's, we have to qualify for that. We have to work and seek that because I think, you know, we might lose communication. People are talking about, we might lose communication with the prophets and other sources. Mm -hmm. And the only place we'll have is revelation from God. And yeah. so that's the only way we're going to get guidance. So yeah. And the people that don't, I mean, it's, we were reading, um, I had in my notes because we were reading um what was it the triumph of zion last time and he had those who learn to hear and obey the voice of the lord are exalted from helam in twelve twenty three, and those who do not are not and he quotes moses 4 4 which is therefore blessed are they who repent and hearken to the voice of their lord their god for they shall be saved and moses is and he became and he became Satan, and yea, even the devil, a father of all lies, to deceive and to bind men and to lead them captivity at his will, even as many who would not hearken unto my voice. So it's really imperative. It's not just a luxury, like, oh, yeah, maybe I will. It's a good idea. I think it's mm -hmm. actually imperative. It's essential that we learn to do this. Yeah. Yeah, I've been uh, listening to Journey to the Veil, the first book, so that I can dive into the second one. But man how many of his experiences go back to that singular principle uh hear him it, it, it's as simple as that once you can get that down 
everything changes in your life uh, and like what you said it's just imperative uh, it's one of the the most crucial skills that that we need for the times ahead to, to lead our lives i love that did any of you watch the sisters of liberty that was last done last week i haven't caught up with it no you? Uh -uh. it was interesting it was with ali duzette mm -hmm. i thought it was hard to hear her it was so loud oh well it was interesting because she said you always have to do it with revelation did and the noise get better alethea because yeah, i couldn't yeah first. i heard it fine oh okay good okay but she said she goes it always cracks me up because my friends are like hmm i'm gonna have to go pray about that and see what the lord has to say and she's like really yep the lord says it's fine i can do that you know what i mean like she's like i just get the revelation that fast mm -hmm. and that just really was interesting to hear that yeah yeah, I'm going to go have to watch that one. I try to keep up on Sisters of Liberty. <laughs> Sometimes my weeks get away from me. Yeah, it was really, really good. Yeah, I watched that one too with Ali Duzette. Oh my gosh, it was so good. It was super interesting. Thanks for telling me. I got frustrated because I couldn't hear everybody was talking over her. But oh, thinking. I know they do that. Sometimes it's like, just be quiet and quit talking. No, Let her do it and then have question session. That's how I feel. And yeah. I want her, so I'm glad you told me because I kind of gave up. Yeah, no, it was really, really good. It was really good. Thanks for telling me because I love her. And have you ever heard her story um, about her receiving personal revelation when she was little? She's really a girl. Yeah, she talks about it in there. I don't know if it's the same one you're talking about. About the school bus? I think she did. Yeah, I, I just think from very little girls, she had a lot of faith and knew how to hear him when she was just little. Oh, yeah, she got lost and she just was like, how do I get home? And she the got Lord... the wrong bus when she was like five and was yeah. in a, didn't know where she was. And she just knelt on the ground and just would, she'd go so far and then kneel again and then go yep. so far and kneel again and it got her home. Yep. She didn't yeah. have no idea where she was and she got home like in this big city. It's like, wow. wow. That's amazing yeah. story. <laughs> she did. She told that story. It was really good. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. Mm -hmm. I've actually watched it a couple of times. Oh, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Excited. All right. Well, <laughs> we've kept you a, a little extra. Um, I haven't kept up with the chat. Have you ever wondered if destroying Angel of the Lord and the blast were connected to the shadow of the dial going back 10 degrees. There is something cosmologically going, did I say that right? <laughs> I think so, uh, going on there. Yeah, so in the Hezekiah story there, I, yeah, I, I definitely think so for sure. Uh, diving into that story, there's so much there. Uh, if, <laughs> I'm excited when we get to that in Come Follow Me. It'll probably just like get glanced over, but <laughs> the Hezekiah story is so important. It, it teaches us so many different things. Yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, anything else uh, before we end for the night? Sorry to keep you so long. We've got a lot to cover in... I should have known that hearing him was, was <laughs> a little overwhelming. Yeah, so after all of our things, we'll, we'll push the um, School of the Prophets back one week 
so that we can uh, study the the restoration proclamation after him. Um, um, I kind of want to share just a little revelation that I had this past weekend. Yeah. Um, I was in a situation where women were being releasing a lot of trauma, anger, whatever. And I was just wanted to kind of go sit by myself because I didn't feel like I had a lot of trauma or anger, but anyway, um, I went outside and I walked around the patio and the more I went, there were just always people there. So, um, I went and sat on the stairs and this lady was just really angry and releasing a lot of trauma. And I just started to cry, you know, I was kind of praying and I just started to cry and I wrote it down. I've got it in the other room, but I just, and maybe you guys already know this, but it was just so profound to me at that time that how often we want to have, we think if we are doing what's right, we'll have a life of comfort, ease, and blessing. But really we're asked to become Christ-like. And the only way to become Christ-like is to walk through pain and suffering because that's what his life was was pain and suffering, then he overcame, and then he ministers. And so it just kind of came full circle to me that we've been called to minister. And the only way that we can do that is to go through pain and suffering, and we consecrate that. And then, and then we can minister. Um, but oh, there was something else. But it if we just had that life of ease, we could never step in the role of a savior. Mm. And like I said, I kind of knew that, but it just came to me really profound that if, if we really want to be Christ-like and, and we want to minister and help others, then we need to live the life he lived. And that was not a life of ease and comfort. We just are not called to experience everything he experienced we each just experience a little portion and i don't know i just wanted to share that again because it was just so powerful for me and um it kind of brings meaning and mm, just meaning i guess to the things that we're called to go through mm. so anyways i just wanted to share that with you yeah, and what a, a great experience to, to testify of that, you know, mm -hmm. as you're you're going through that with them. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, because we just think, what have I done? Why does the Lord hate me? And it's really not. Instead, he is really just entrusting you mm -hmm. as you're going through it to come out of that on the other side, that you can conquer it. And sometimes my sister and I, Sasha, were talking about it today and I said, but he doesn't ever leave us alone. And she goes, no, he does. There's a point in our suffering where just like with the savior, he just withdraws a little bit and says, you have this, you can do it and you need to do it on your own. Mm -hmm. And, and when we do it, it gives us more strength or power, belief in ourselves, belief in the savior, whatever to continue on. And then when we get to the other side, not the other side of the veil, the other side of pain and suffering, then, then we have meaning because we all are going through it and we can help each other through it to become more Christ-like. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. anyway, I just really, yeah, I just, I kept checking in and going, do I share this? It doesn't really go along with what we're talking about, but it was just a really powerful experience. Like I said, we, we kind of know that, but sometimes it's good to be reminded or to think of it like the pain and suffering is Christ-like. That's walking in his path. Yeah. So, anyway. I love you guys. Yeah, it's such a fun group, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so for next week, we're transitioning into October 2020 General Conference. And we, for Group C, we actually have two talks, uh, since they're both kind of little. Um, the Moving Forward talk, as well as A New Normal. Uh, we'll be covering both of those for next week. <laughs> Hopefully, <laughs> maybe we'll have to only time for one. <laughs> but um, anyway, those are the ones that uh, we'll, we'll kind of focus on. And then we have our author chat for general conference. Um, I can't believe President Nelson's there. coming. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's as close to an author chat as we could get. But which chapter is the new normal? Um, it is moving forward. Is forty-eight. Where is my table of contents? Just a second. A new normal is 51. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be fun. All right. Well, it's been awesome. Thanks, everyone, for bearing with all my tech glitches from week to week. I got to get my computer fixed for some reason. Anyway, we will... Oh, um, uh, Elle posted a, a big, long thing all... Oh, it's in Learning Zion if people want to read it, but it okay. just goes along with what Althea said. It's in the ministering section. I discovered it today. I, I don't know how I found it, but I was reading something and that popped up and I was like, oh, I think it might have in the Come Follow... Maybe it was in the Come Follow Me. I don't remember where I saw it, but somewhere... And I thought, oh, that's a good quote. I haven't heard. It's from old, old conferences. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Elle's been posting a lot of stuff in there. And then Wendy uh, posted something in there. I haven't had time to look at it yet today, but um, uh, some Cosmism stuff. in. Yeah, I know. That looks super interesting. Oh, I'm super interested in that. I have to go look then. Not sure I understand all of it. (laughs) We might have to do uh, our our Tony Young chat with, with Wendy. Uh, <laughs> no i'm just i'm just uh, just go slow at your pace it's a lot so yeah it's just a paradigm shift so that's all. Mm-hmm. yeah for sure uh, thanks for for sharing that but yeah, yeah thank you yeah wendy you're the cosmism guru <laughs> she dabbles <laughs> no just a I think it was three years ago I I was led to the you know the I don't know if you guys have seen the restored gospel ancient anyway that's a Facebook group that you know cutting edge science anyway I was led there by the spirit and the Lord's like you should be here and I was like I this makes no sense and so I left and then he's like no you need to go back and I'm like okay so I go back and I'm like so I finally said, I, I know nothing what you guys are saying. Like, I, this doesn't make any sense. Like, okay, well, go start here, start here and start here. And so I did. And then after that, now I kind of have at least anyway. So I've just been learning for a couple of years on my own research and 
And then the Lord's been teaching me. But so I'm not, I'm not a guru. It's just amazing what pops out of the scriptures now to me. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, that's with, is it Anthony Larson? Is that, did you follow him at all? Yeah, I started with him, but then I, he's got, he's pretty passionate about some things that I'm not. And yeah. Um, but it's a good place to start. No, I did. And I felt kind of the same way as you. Some things I was like, hmm, I don't know about that. I don't remember what they are now, but I remember at the time going, hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it might not be some ways, but it's just, it's good to think about and say, yeah. you know what, where does this lead me? And, and the Lord works with you and he starts opening your mind and your heart to new things. So yeah. Anyway, awesome. thank you. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we will see everyone next week. Have a great week, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.